I want people who have things put in place for those who are left behind because that, that takes planning and that takes a certain type of person to do that. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George. She's Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management. Today, our topic of conversation are your children, how they become part of the retirement discussion. There are a lot of different things that factor into children and finances and planning for retirement. We're going to run through some of those kind of key issues and how Ryan works through those with clients and some of the discussions that he has along the way. So we got a list of things we'll do there as well. We'll take some mailbag questions before we get out of here and uh, we'll have a good show again today. And we're glad that you're here and found us. You can find us online as well, blackoakam.com. Ryan, what's going on, man? Uh, no, doing well. This this topic definitely hit home because it's I'm basically talking to myself in the mirror uh, on this hmm. one. So it uh, some of the things we're going to talk about today is not quite in uh, in my realm yet, but it's it's on the horizon. And just like everybody says, the the days are long, but the the years are short, and so yeah. my days coming uh, quick. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Well, I want to get things started with a little quote. Um, I know. Are you a big Seinfeld fan? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yep. Seinfeld and Office. Um, uh, yeah, I could buy, basically quote every show. Uh, Office is huge <laughs> in our uh, in our company, so I, yeah, I, oh, yeah. Y- you would love it here as well. But uh, I found a Seinfeld <laughs> quote that I thought was really good. Um, you wouldn't probably wouldn't think a lot of Seinfeld quotes would re- apply to to what we're talking about, but this one's great. Uh, so he said, "My parents didn't want to move to Florida, but they turned sixty, and that's the law." <laughs> <laughs> so. So true. Um, and like we talked about pre-show, uh, going to Indianapolis recently and it being six degree wind chill factor. I, I mean, like I hated it and I'm, you know, not at retirement age. So yeah, I can see why people get the heck out of Dodge and places like that and move to an environment. Yeah. You got to deal with different weather patterns and, you know, it, but it's just completely different. So I, the, the misery, and I was even ta- talking to the parking lot attendant when we parked our car up in Indy and I'm like, I even asked him like, how do you do this? <laughs> how do you stay here? <laughs> and he just says, you know, it's just, you kind of get used to it, but you know, we don't have many garages here. So, you know, waking up and, and shoveling snow and scraping it off your, your car gets pretty old. And I, 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 I said, hats off, man. I could, there's no way, there's no way I could do that. So Seinfeld is, is a, is a, is a prophet, if you will. He is exactly right. That seems to be the rite of passage and I can see why. Yeah. It's, I mean, your body does adjust to those temperatures and you do get used to it, but it's like, once you leave and you get to the warm weather, you're like, man, let my body get back adjusted to this. I'd much rather be outside enjoying this weather. I mean, I drove by a couple of golf courses in Indianapolis, same thing, like like the water frozen over. And it's like, <laughs> you're not getting back out here for, for no. three, four months no. at best. So yeah, I can you're definitely hitting see off it. concrete basically. Oh man, probably get a good roll off the, off the tee, but I don't know if your hands can, uh, can hold up during all yeah, that. But no, thanks. <laughs> I thought that guy quote was a good way to kind of get the show kicked off. Um, all right, let's jump into what we're discussing today. And that is our children and how they play into retirement planning and how those discussions take place. And if you have kids, you know, they, they're going to come up a lot when you're talking about your retirement plans, right? It's, it's just their priority. You got to factor them in, not, not only what you're going to do with your time, but you know, the money that you're going to have, how much you're going to have to leave to them, possibly with the legacy. So there's a lot of things that go into that. And, you know, we want to talk about some of those ways today on how those discussions actually play out, 
the role your advisor should play in navigating these conversations and just the overall impact on you and your family's financial goals. So kind of got five uh, key areas here. And let's kick off with one that more and more people are are kind of facing, right? If you had kids in your in your 30s or even in your 40s, there's a good chance they're going to still be in college when you're approaching retirement and even, you know, even after you retired maybe. And in these cases, you got to have a plan for how you're going to address those college expenses, right? Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's it's been on the radar for a while and it just keeps it keeps getting worse uh, because of costs of, of schools and, and tuition. And I mean, you've seen these, these buildings and the monstrosities that they build. Well, that costs money and, and that's going to come a lot from uh, tuition and fees and cost and, you know, these cafeterias that they eat in now. I mean, it's, it's crazy um, what they, what they have at their disposal, but it all comes as at, at an expense. And yeah, the, if you do have kids that are older now, we, we had our kids uh, mid to late thirties. So we weren't in our forties, but we're not too far off that. We had my son when we were uh, 37 years old. So that's not too far off. We were, and, and, and as we were kind of doing this show topic, I started kind of looking at the math. I'm like, okay, my son, he'll basically, hopefully, be graduating college when I'm 58. So I'm like, eh, okay, that's that's kind of running up on that runway. Now I yeah. have no retirement date in mind. I'm 44 years old at the recording of the show. So that's, you know, it, I know sometime it's going to be there, but I don't have a, I love what I do. So I don't have a certain age in mind. So as long as I'm mentally and physically able to do my job, I will, I will do it. But still seeing it 58 written down on paper is like, yeah, crap. That's, yeah. that's kind of later, later in life. And I have friends who I graduate with, their kids are already in, in college and some even graduated. Mm -hmm. So I'm just in a different phase, but college expenses are huge. They have to be accounted for. Now, obviously being a big Dave Ramsey guy, I mean, the, the student loan debt is, can be catastrophic for a lot of people. So when I talk to leads that come in who are younger and if they don't have student loan debt, I'm like, do you realize how far ahead of the game you are than, than most of your peers? Because most people are. But on the flip side, I, I have conversations with people that are $180,000 in student loan debt. And it's just painful, painful to hear. And they might not have a, an income that is able to, to pay those things. So we have an advisor in our office who helps people kind of do go around the student loan planning and the nuances there because that can get super confusing if people who do have uh, student loan debt and if it's so huge and you can't afford the payments there are some strategies that you can use to um, alleviate some of that uh, burden now i do get this from some people saying oh isn't student loan debt going to be forgiven i'm like eh, i believe that when i see it that's a lot uh, and, and how do you how do you decide who who gets that forgiveness and who doesn't? Anyway, that's a that's a way another conversation for another day. But mm -hmm. having a plan for college expenses because inflation rates and and this varies between state and schools and public versus private, but it's sitting around six to eight percent is the increase each year, and that's that's a heavy inflation uh, on tuition costs every single year. So you got to have a plan for it. Maybe you help with some of the costs. Maybe you help for the first couple of years and you know, your kid has to get a job or um, apply for grants or scholarships. And I went to a recent Ramsey event last November and one of the new personalities is devoted to student loan uh, epidemic. And that was her job. She graduated from Vanderbilt with no debt whatsoever because her mom made it her summer job to write essays. And it's in one of Dave Ramsey's book, but she wrote essays for scholarships and ended up getting a little over a half million dollars. And I think I'm right on that number. It's, it's right around a half million dollars in scholarships 
So she went to Vanderbilt and graduated from a very prestigious university with no debt. So there's ways to do it other than debt, but making a plan for it and, and knowing how much you can cash flow and how much you can save for it uh, is definitely uh, huge when it comes to retirement because it could it could be on the doorstep of you actually entering into retirement and having to pay for that at the same time. Yeah, those college expenses are you know one of the, the biggest expenses you're going to have in your lifetime in many cases. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't want to risk retirement if you can help it. So that's one area your children uh, become part of the discussion. How about another one that's very similar where it's all about supporting your child a little bit later in life. But right now, you know, with the job market, it, it's pretty good, but there are still a lot of uh, kids that are still living with their parents well into their 20s. And in a lot of cases, their parents are still supporting them in, in many areas, you know, helping out with some expenses, cell phones, health insurance, car insurance, these things uh, before they're fully out on their own. This is, a, again, another area where you have to have conversations with your clients, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, part of me is like not very sympathetic to this one, um, <laughs> but I do know there's some industries that the hiring is pretty difficult, but I also see like certain industries that they cannot hire fast enough. So I'm like, you know what? It may not be in your wheelhouse or what you majored in, but go find a job. Um, There's plenty of them out there. I mean, I heard on the radio this morning. Now, you know, education may not be your field that you want to go in, but obviously there's a huge shortage of teachers. There was a story this morning on the radio that one high school principal like puts her hairnet on during lunch hours and literally like hands out lunch food uh, during so because there's such a shortage and they can't keep up with them like okay you just do what you got to do but so there's you can get jobs uh, so I'm a little bit unsympathetic on that but I get how there are certain industries that's a little tougher than others and there are some that are still on the payroll uh, if you will after college and but that needs to be an expectation set within the family uh, within the parents like hey when you graduate you got six months you can stay here till you find something. Hopefully you start looking six months before you graduate. But if you don't, then, hey, whatever that is, six months, a year, three months, um, you know, we'll, we'll support you. But after that, see ya. Uh, you're on your own. So that is my goal, <laughs> that they are gone. Um, I love them both to death, but that's the goal to have them prepared to to move on, to do something else. But, you know, you have the health insurance um you know, now that you kids can stay on your plan till age uh, 26 and I'm a small business owner and so is my wife. So that ain't happening because <laughs> um, we don't have these big corporate uh, health insurance plans that they can do that. So they're, they're gone. Uh, they're, they're going to be doing it on their own. So, but having that expectation set, don't just address it to with them right before they're going to graduate. Oh, you got three months, you can live here and you're on your own. Well, you don't want to abandon your kids by any stretch of imagination, but you should have them prepared beforehand that this stuff's going to be on their own plate and not your parents who are trying to move on with their next stage of life. Yeah, that's such a big, a big part of it. And uh, I know a lot of people having to face those, those tough conversations with their kids right now. So something to think about. All right, let's, uh, let's go grandparents right now and grandchildren. You know, a lot of, for a lot of people, you know, grandkids come along right as they're heading to retirement. um, And one of the things that, that grandparents want to do is they want to try to help out their grandkids, right? They may want to skip a generation and say, hey, let me help out with, with a college fund or maybe providing child care. How do you how do you discuss uh, this area with, with people, Ryan? Yeah, because and all those t- uh, points that you brought up are, are, are real things. Um, they, they want to kind of give back. And, you know, my dad keeps saying all the time, I'll just wait till you have grandkids. It's, it's different. It's different um, than, than your own kids. And maybe it is, but I can't speak to that because I don't have any grandkids at this age. But 
yes, they, they usually have great intentions um, and some deliver on those. Some want to save for college. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got 10 grandkids. You're like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this for all 10 uh, grandkids. But having that set, uh, the expectation set, hey, if, if you want to provide a, a huge vacation each year and it's on your dime to pay for everybody, we'll build that in, build that into your plan. Again, it keeps going back to having a plan, having a plan, having a plan. But is it college? Is it something you want to put money into a, a 529 plan or there's other accounts, but the 529 is kind of the most well-known because you can put pretty substantial dollars inside of a, a 529 versus some of the other plans where that's pretty restrictive on how much you can put in there. But um, helping out with, with childcare, um, I didn't have that luxury because my mom, my mom passed away before any of that. But I could see my mom helping out and taking care of our kids. I mean, we had to hire um, an in-home nanny, uh, but she came to our house. It was a very dear friend of ours um, and she wasn't working and both of her kids were now gone and she wanted something to do and my kids loved her. Uh, they still think it's that uh, she's her aunt, their aunt. Um, I'm like, no, she's technically not your aunt, but if you want to call her aunt, sure, go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, they have a great relationship with her. Now, obviously, we don't see them as much because they're my kids are in school now, but helping out with childcare because we have so many more expenses that our parents did not have, whether it's all these stupid subscriptions that we have, these cell phone bills that we have. Um, yeah, childcare is just through the roof uh, on, on how much it costs. Uh, housing is is very expensive. So rent, mortgages, it's amazing how good of an income uh, a married couple can have and to see, to have nothing to show for it because we have so much going out in expenses like that where grandparents sometimes help out and, and with some of that providing of the childcare. So having a plan for that, whether it's actually monetary or just time, uh, it needs to be a plan and having discussions on that. But we want to make that a part of the plan because if that's important to them, then that's what we need to account for. All right. Uh, a couple more I want to go through with you. Let's go with uh, special needs next. And there's a lot of families that, that have children with special needs and you know, the, the challenges obviously don't end when those kids become adults. Um, they can live oftentimes at home indefinitely. And, you know, there's often a desire from parents to try to set things up financially to be sure that their child is supported financially well after they're gone. Right. So this can be a very difficult one. Is this something you, you have experience with an area that you work on? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's more and more relevant, relevant. Excuse me, every single day. I mean the the a special needs or a special needs trust. Obviously, a lot of the, that's where an attorney having a uh, an attorney referral to sit down, bring them in to really talk about these things. But going through, okay, what does that look like? Are they going to be completely independent uh, one day, or are they not? Do we need a special needs trust? How does that set up? Who's the conservator? Who's the trustee? They can be the same person. They can be different people, but really laying that out because if they need dependent care, that's, that's gotta be one of the biggest things they got to put in their, in their retirement plan is, okay, what happens when both of us are gone? Um, do we have a trust that is being funded that way the, they receive income off that now, depending on if they're receiving, um, you know, social security disability income, then, uh, you know, we got to be careful of the income threshold. So a lot of stuff that I don't want to get too specific with because it's so, um, it's so specific on each person's situation, but it's more and more common to hear that. Well, okay, you know, we have we have a couple of kids that uh, are special needs, so they're going to be relying on us the rest of their lives. Or yeah, they can hold a job, but they'll still be somewhat dependent on us. So that's something that needs to be accounted for. But 
getting the right legal documents uh, put in place and sitting down with an attorney, not doing it online, <laughs> but sitting down with an attorney, paying the extra dollars to make sure it's done right and proper because there's so many different ways to structure an estate plan when it comes to special needs. Uh, so really sitting down with an attorney that knows the nuances and specializes in that is, is hugely important, but definitely part of a, our planning process when people have a special needs uh, kid or kids that they need to provide for. Yeah. And hopefully you'll be able to do that. And, and, uh, we, uh, we, we definitely know it's a difficult situation and, but, uh, parents to get through that are just uh, special people. But mm-hmm. I have one more on our list that I want to talk about and it's, it's the legacy, right? Generational wealth. There's oftentimes, you know, families that want to be intentional about creating that legacy for their family. And there has to be a substantial discussion on what that looks like and how to do it as tax efficiently as possible. Right. Yeah, now this could be five episodes on its own, <laughs> this yeah. particular one. But because I'm, this is it's it's kind of good timing. This is the course that I'm in right now. My CFP uh, coursework is the estate planning. It's it's kind of the last big course that you have to take before you have one small class and then you sit for the CFP uh, exam. But generational wealth, oh my gosh, there's so many different things, so many different trusts, charitable needs trusts. Uh, I mean there's alphabet soup up and down. I know every industry has it, but this has so many different ones. And it's probably the hardest course that I've taken because it's a lot of legalese. It's a lot of Latin terms. Uh, It's just, it's not my favorite subject, but man, is it important. Uh, So this is one of those courses that I will probably go back and reread, which is painful, but important because this is what as an advisor kind of separates I think um, a CFP practitioner from the rest because they focus on a lot of this stuff. And if you're working with clients who have big estates, there's huge, huge planning opportunities. Again, with the help of an attorney, this needs to be a part of the the process to work with an attorney and a, and a, a CPA as well. But going through the nuances, what are estate taxes? Uh, what's the credits? What's the gift tax? What are we allowed to give while we're alive? What's What are we allowed to pass on without any estate tax? Now that changes every year. Right now it's 11.7 million that you can pass on without estate taxes. I'm not talking about income taxes. I'm not talking about capital gains. I'm talking about estate tax, which is nicknamed death tax. So each person can pass on 11.7 million. That's a lot of money. There's not a ton of people that pass away with that type of estate. Well, maybe they do, but it's tied up in a business or it's tied up in land. How do you navigate that when it passes on now, from spouse, you get a, you get an unlimited marital deduction, but when it goes down generations, oh boy, that's where it gets complex, and that's where if you have a decent size estate, you need to make plans. Even if you don't, you need to make plans for this because people die without a will, then it kind of goes through probate, and it's up to the courts. I mean, it's it's it slows the process down immensely. So if you have things titled properly, I had a client who passed away recently. They did a fantastic job of planning. Everything was joint tenant with rights of survivorship. So everything passed on to her. Beneficiary forms were up and up. Everything passed on to her. Boom. Didn't have to do probate, nothing. But that's, I wish that was the norm, but it's not. Uh, So getting this generational wealth in place, how do you want to do it? Do you want to do generational skipping uh, trusts? I mean, there's, again, (laughs) five different episodes we could probably record on this, but um, it's hugely important. And I think this is probably where people fall short on as far as planning goes because some people take, well, I'll be dead. It's, I'll let them sort it out. Eh, 
that's an opinion. Um, probably not the people I want to work with, but that's an opinion. <laughs> and I want people who have things put in place for those who are left behind because that that takes planning and that takes a certain type of person to do that. It does indeed. And, the, and all these things are important and, and I know priorities for a lot of people and discussions you're probably going to have along the way, but you need to be thinking about it and you need to be planning for it and having an advisor, someone on your side, a financial coach like Ryan Ledden will help you out and make sure you can take care of each of these items um, as best as possible. So if you want to discuss this, the best thing to do is schedule your retirement coach 360 session online now at blackoakam.com. You'll also find all of our podcasts archived there. More than 50 episodes now, plus um, information on Ryan's seminars and workshops that he does. And there's a lot of other resources there like Retirement Rescue Toolkit and Retirement Calculator that you can take advantage of as well. It's time to open up the mailbag. All right, we're closing out the show with another question from the mailbag before we get out. And this week's question comes in from Harriet who says, my brother tells me that I have way too much money in the bank, and he's probably right. It's about $150,000 now. But I just like knowing that there that it's there just in case I have an emergency. Is that really so bad? No. <laughs> All right, thanks, Harriet, for the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, is, it, is it heavier than most? Yeah, probably, Harriet. But this goes back to our previous uh, episode when we talked about the, the financial red zone. When there is a pullback in the market, and if you have cash sitting on the sidelines, maybe that bridges a you know three, four, five, six month market pullback. Maybe we can sit and let our investments kind of heal themselves, and maybe your income comes from that cash. So yes, is it is there what they call a, a cash drag? Yeah, because it's not keeping up with inflation. So that hundred and fifty grand, you know, ten years from now is not going to purchase anywhere what it could. Uh, but that's most of the time not the point. So. I tell people there's no wrong number. Now, obviously, if you get over 250000 that's a different discussion because FDIC insurance, well, you may need to open up another account, title it differently, though there's ways around that. But I don't think 150 is crazy talk by any stretch. Uh, it's, it's more than most, uh, I'll be honest, but I think it serves a planning purpose in this regard. So you know, whatever you're comfortable with, Harriet, I, I got clients who have more than that and they're comfortable with that. So we don't even discuss it. We don't even talk about it. We just make sure that money's still there. Yep. Okay. We're good. And, and move on. Yeah. Could you squeeze more of a rate of return out over it over the long run? Yeah, probably. But if it makes you sleep good at night and it's there for an emergency, which hopefully you won't have that big of one, but if you're good with it, I'm good with it, Harriet. All right. Good stuff. Uh, indeed, Harriet, we appreciate the question. If you have one for us, blackoakam.com is the website to send it to us, or you can just call Ryan directly. 470-508-0508 is the number to do that. So very important conversation, Ryan. I know one that you uh, you, you deal with clients on quite a bit with children and family and, and how to plan and prepare for all that. So we appreciate you sharing that with us today and um, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so. You'll find us on every major podcasting platform and we'll have a new episode for you in just a couple of weeks and we'll talk to you then. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.